Bulldog Interviews on BullyNet with your host, Dave Kaufman. He's a nice guy, but only gives belly rubs to dogs. Welcome to the Bulldog Interviews. I'm Dave Kaufman, your host, and today we have one of a number of series that we're going to be doing with Dr. Alan Frank from Hunt Valley Animal Hospital. Hi, Dr. Alan. How are you? Good. Good. Doing well. Glad to have you here. And uh, now let's talk about uh, health testing. Well, I'm not myself, but I have a um, a software program that was provided by a veterinarian who's trying to make things more breed specific with each of the uh, the breeds out there, which is a huge task for this veterinarian. But he's done a great job on um, coming up with very specifics for each breed, and he did a I think a pretty good job with the the bulldog actually. Okay, that's on, awesome. On the te- on the testing, so. Um, I'm not sure if um, people that are listening and, and get on BullyNet are familiar with the and, – and this is kind of fairly new to me, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just going to come up with a protocol specific, obviously, for the Bulldogs. Um, but the Canine Health Information Center, which is, I believe, part of OFA, okay. where that was a um, – I believe it's University of N- Michigan or Michigan – Michigan State, I think. Okay. University Vet School um, developed the OFA for hips initially, but now they're using it kind of as a um, uh, they're, they're storing DNA from dogs so they can get uh, genealogical information and also what they call phenotypic uh, information from the dogs. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for breeders to uh, be part of this system the Canine Information Center, and a, a lot of times you don't even have to you know, draw blood. It's just a matter of swabbing your mouth and getting the mucous membrane uh, swabs to get that DNA. Right. So specifically with the bulldog, though, um, the things that uh, this Canine Health Information Center uh, is doing, which I guess a uh, a um, acronym is uh, CHICS, B-H-I-C, mm-hmm. uh, breed requirement requirements for the bulldog specifically is um, there's probably at least 11 things that they're testing in bulldogs um, at this place and um, they're doing or recommending I should say because not all the testing is done there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is uh, patella you know patellar luxation which we do see in some bulldogs and that's usually an OFA evaluation, and, and the requirement, I believe, is one year, and then the patella is the little knee bone and the hind legs, and sometimes, you know, luxation, they usually pull to the inside. You, When we examine bulldogs, we can usually uh, manipulate that patella bone, and it just comes out of the groove, the trochlear groove, and uh, it's just not stable. And some don't require any... Um, care or surgery because uh, it doesn't seem to bother the dog, but some dogs do show limping with that. So mm-hmm. um, that's something that we, you know, are checking out and OFA certainly recommends that they take x-rays and send it to them. And like I said, it's usually a minimum of a year old. Okay. Uh, the other thing is cardiac evaluation of a bulldog. Um, a congenital cardiac exam is, is usually done by a boarded a cardiologist, and, and the best way for them to evaluate the heart of a bulldog is using echocardiograms, okay. and uh, that's the preferred but not required um, 
by uh, the OFA or the um, uh, Canine Health Information Center. Um, so that's another. And, and as we know, you know, bulldogs have, you know, are prone to aortic stenosis, pulmonic mm-hmm. stenosis, and mitral valve disease. Uh, and mitral valve disease is probably in all breeds, uh, as we know, Cavalier King Charles Spaniels are, you know, have a high propensity for mitral valve. In fact, it's very unusual when I get a, a Cavalier that comes to my office that doesn't have any heart issues. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, but mitral valve is uh, very common. Uh, I've had mitral valve prolapse myself and had open heart surgery for it. Now, if um, if anybody listening to the podcast goes on Colorado State University Vet School's uh, website, mm-hmm. they're actually doing a technique, I believe, going through the femoral artery all the way up to the heart and replacing the valve, um, minimally invasive, basically. And it's um, they're doing research on that now, so it's a pretty neat program that they're doing. Wow. Um, next is... Um, Tracheal hypoplasia, something that I see in a lot of um, bulldogs and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Canine Health Information Center, which is OFA, they do a radiographic evaluation for tracheal hypoplasia. And I believe if, there, if the trachea is smaller than two centimeters in width, uh, obviously that's what they call um, tracheal hypoplasia. Um, which is a real small, you know, trachea. And I, um, and that's one of the things I, that I always recommend before I do surgery on bulldogs because as massive as they are, mm-hmm. they tend to have a, a pretty small trachea. And because of that, I always take a X-ray without sedation mm-hmm. of their trachea so I know exactly what size endotrache tube to use, you know, before any kind of surgery because um, I've heard it too many times where, um, um, I've seen uh, dogs come from other animal hospitals where, you know, they have a torn trachea from trying to jam a big tracheal tube in there, and it, it just is, it can't be done. Uh-huh. So you have to know what size um, trachea a bulldog has, and then it makes it also easy as to what size endotrache tube uh, to use. Okay. And I do find that even my associates, they find it amazing how big, you know, a bulldog could be a 60, 70 pound bulldog and how small the endotrach tube is. So the evaluation of the trachea, I believe, in a bulldog is extremely important. Uh, another test that we do on bulldogs that is recommended is the eye exam by a boarded, you know, veterinary radiologist, I'm sorry, ophthalmologist, okay. typically of uh, two years of age, 24 months. And, um, you know, they'll do a, you know, check the retina out and really, um, and that way they can be approved by an ophthalmologist. So that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as we know, we have, um, our breed has issues with entropians, ectropians, you know, where the eyelids either um, curl inward, mm-hmm. which is entropian, and out is ectropian. So that's something I see quite often, and you know some of the other things we see are cherry eyes. And those are things we'll probably get into it another time, mm-hmm. also. Yeah. Um, hip dysplasia. I don't know too many bulldogs that don't have hip dysplasia radiographically. Uh-huh. Um, that's just how they are. Um, it's it doesn't seem to affect them. I um, don't see a lot of. Um, 
total hip prosthetics used in bulldogs because it doesn't seem to bother them, mm-hmm. you know, that often. Yeah. I've seen more issues with their knees, uh, the cycle joints having uh, torn cruciates, uh, which my my uh, bulldog has had a torn cruciate, and that's basically um, the way they are in the, the anatomy of the hind legs and being very active. He, you know, likes chasing the ball and mm-hmm. fetching and um, making a quick turn. That's all it took. And, you know, how to have a uh, a orthopedic surgeon, you know, repair that uh, knee joint. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, elbow dysplasia is another thing that we see in bulldogs that uh, OFA also will evaluate. Um, also, um hypothyroid conditions also is something. Now, that's something that Michigan, yeah, Michigan, um, in fact, I sent one out today Mm -hmm. that I usually will send to a approved um, endocrine lab, which Michigan is uh, at that school. So that's something we use also. Um, Congenital deafness, uh, what we do with that is, um, I don't do it in my office, but there are specialists or, or, or usually the veterinary neurologist, boarded neurologist will have what they call a, uh, a hearing test, which is the VAER hearing test, which okay. I believe stands for, I believe it's B-A-E-R, which stands for Brainstem Auditory Evoked Response Test. And I believe that's done under mild sedation, and they just um, put some um, electrodes around the ear and have different decibels that they emit to the dog and see what kind of response that they have. Um, but I have seen a few bulldogs come into my practice that have had, you know, deafness. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, and then the other things that's getting a lot of notoriety, notoriety are the tests for uh, urate and cysteine stones. Okay. Uh, which is a DNA test, and that is done at uh, UC Davis Veterinary uh, School, and I, I believe it's UC Davis Veterinary Genetics Lab is where they're doing the testing for that. Mm-hmm. And it's recommended that um, young dogs are tested for that because um, that seems to be a more common problem. The issue with those type of stones is, you know, a lot of times with the your, you know, um, I'm trying to think what breed I just saw the other day that had a um, had bladder stones, um, uh, small teeth, okay. uh, oxalate oxalate stones. Uh, the thing with cysteine stones typically are not radio um, dense, so they're real hard to find. The only way that you're going to find it is if you do a ultrasound, typically. Okay. Um, you know, is the only way really you're going to find uh, these type of stones. So uh, the DNA test for that uh, would be pretty good to have to see if you're, uh, see if our bulldog is prone to uh, these type of stones. Okay. Um, so that's, you know, taking your, so I think, let's see, I probably hit about 10 things that are specific that can be tested and looked at, you know, when a, when a, a bulldog pup comes in. Those are things I try to mention. I don't, I don't try to do be too much to my client because you know they're overwhelmed. Number one, with having a, a new pet, mm-hmm. and you know try to get them all the information and go over. You know, when I do the physical exam, go over everything from the nose to the tail, and uh, kind of let them know 
what they should be aware of, what they should look for, and have to say that the clients have been unbelievable, and they really, uh, uh, you know, I think um, us bulldog people should really uh, give ourselves a lot of kudos because I think we're on top of things much faster than most of the other clients with other breeds. Okay, yep. I think that's an important thing. I, I, like I said, I've learned a lot from my bulldog friends, mm-hmm. and it's always, you know, if I hear something new, uh, I think it's important to, uh, you know, research it and look it up. And uh, I have stacks of journals uh, specifically with bulldog information that will kind of touch on some of these things as as uh, we go on. Mm-hmm. And I'm just hoping that this uh, helps a lot of our uh, bulldog uh uh, owners, breeders, and uh, people that show. Um, yeah. I think this will be real good. Good. So the the two tests at the end that you mentioned, there was the canine Cisterina, and yeah, a, and uh, HU, or, was HUU the other one? Yeah. Hyper. Um, yeah. There's Yorkosoria. Okay. And there's a DNA test for that, and then the cysteine. Um, uh, type of stones, you know, what what happens is we send, after I take stones out of the bladder, mm-hmm. uh, just by looking at it, you can't really tell what they're made of. Uh, sometimes you can because when you're doing a urinalysis, you'll see the crystals in the uh, urine sediment. Okay. So uh, they can be identified that way too. Mm-hmm. But the, whenever I take stones out of the bladder, surgically, they go to Minnesota. They have a uh, special, they have a special lab there that will break down that stone and give us a whole composition of what that stone is is made of. Mm-hmm. So we'll know all all the minerals that that stone is made of, and then by doing that, we'll be able to make recommendations as to, you know, will diet help? Which most of these, you know, diet will make a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, and like um, urate type stones, you know, very low proteins uh, seem to help, uh, with, so they don't form again. Um, the pH of the urine makes a difference as to what type of stones we may have, uh, things like that. So there are ways that we could try treating and to prevent, you know, stones from reoccurring. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to keep on, um, you know, doing surgery to, you know, get those out because, you know, what we worry about is obviously, you know, a blockage of the uh, urethra. Right. Uh, these stones are formed in the bladder. Sometimes we do get kidney stones. Uh, with people, um, it's, the kidney stones are more common than the bladder stones we see in the dogs. Mm-hmm. And with people, as we know, uh, they do a lot of um, lithotripsy, breaking down the uh, stones. We don't really do that with the uh, dogs, you know, as yet. Okay. But hopefully, uh, uh, but this is something we, we deal with a lot uh, as far as the stones in the bladder and um and like I said, it's uh, very hard to see those cysteine stones radiographically. So, mm-hmm. you know, we can miss it. It's very easy to miss unless we can do an ultrasound of the bladder, and uh, then it can be picked up. Right. So, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of bulldogs are out there that we're just missing it, and they get chronic urinary tract infections. Uh, we want to go a little bit further as to what's going on. Okay. And um, and that's one of the things, you know, when I, I was talking earlier about going down to the University of Georgia mm-hmm. and Colorado State University for um, courses on laparoscopic procedures, cystoscopy is one of the things we do where 
I'll go into the bladder, uh, through the, um, through the vulva, through the vagina, into the urethra, into the bladder, and we can look around. If there's stones here, sometimes we can get some of the small ones out by grabbing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least we can see what's going on in there if, if there's some kind of pathology. Um, you know, the cystoscopy can give us a lot of information, um, you know, on these dogs. And, and unfortunately, most of the ones we're doing are the female dogs are a lot easier to do a cystoscope on okay. versus the male. Yeah, yeah. So with the HUU, is that also related to the bladder uh, and issues there, like the stones? or? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And now, a word from our sponsors. If your dog sitter isn't using Corettable, what are they doing to your dog? You don't know, and that's a big problem. Dog sitters using Corettable relieve the stress, guilt, and anxiety that a dog owner experiences when they're away from their dog. If you love your dog, insist that your pet sitter use Corettable. Check out Corettable today at Corettable.com. That's C-A-R-E-D-I-B-L-E.com. Corettable also works great for people who use caregivers for loved ones, like children and the elderly. So check out Corettable today at Corettable.com. That's C-A-R-E-D-I-B-L-E.com. Now, back to the Bulldog interviews. My male now, he's just almost a grand champion, and we had some people that are in the show, and they're they're interested in breeding to him, but they said you need to at least get those two tests cleared. And so the HUU, is that the one where you can be a carrier, but then you have to breed to a clear? Um, Correct. That kind of stuff That's for the it. HUU? Yep. That's okay. it. In fact, that that's the test that they'll, the DNA test they'll do at uh, uh, UC Davis Veterinary Genetics Lab. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't believe it's very expensive. Um, yeah, it's like fifty bucks. Go on their site. Yeah, I think they might send you the kit. Yeah. Because I think they, I'm not positive. I think they may do the swab of the mucous membranes. I think is all that's needed. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, I just sent mine in the mail last week. And I and oh, I, okay. and I love that they named it H U U. It's the only one on this list I can pronounce probably. So I right. love I love that. So. <laughs> yeah. so a lot of them are, are um, it's medical terminology. Yep. Um, yep. You know, that's something when I was in vet school. That's that's what we do. We sat and medical students do the same thing. They're sitting there with a medical dictionary, mm-hmm. and you know, my brother and my son are both attorneys. I don't understand legalese. Yeah. Um, you know, when they start talking legal terms, you know, that's like a foreign language to me. Medical terminology, I'm, I'm good at. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, you know, certain professions, they have their own language. Nice, nice. All right. Well, I think that covers that really well. I know I've, I was looking for someone to interview um, to go over the, the health tests uh, probably about a year ago. And I hit some, uh-huh. I hit some of the people up in the, in the bulldog world and they – um, I didn't get anybody that, that would talk to me about it enough. They weren't veterinarians either, though. And so I think right. it was really good to be able to talk to you to get an insight. Because when I was first evaluating this, I was looking at it and I was like, well, what does this all do? What does it all mean? And so I asked somebody who's very um, affluent in the bulldog world. And I said, you know, you, you know, the health tests that are going on. I said, are most people passing? And, and she said, yeah, they are. So it made me think, well, why the heck are we testing then if we're just pissing money away? Maybe I shouldn't say that one, but, um, you know, just, you know, so I wasn't sure. And it's not like I wanted to be um, uh, lazy or cheap or, you know, um, irresponsible, I guess is a better word. But I didn't know because this is pretty new to me uh, as far as all the testing because it's only been out a couple of years now. And they're, you know, the HUU, I think, was the one that just came on the scene recently or it was the other one, the Sistrina. Um, but 
So that uh, that really opens up a lot of, uh, or or doesn't open it answers a lot of questions on what are these different things for instead of just looking at a grid and figuring out how often you have to test, when can you test, where do you have to do the test at, and, and then then when I went to do these two tests, I'm like, well, where do I go? And then there was this question as well. UC Davis does this one, but you know University of Penn does this other one, and then you can go to this one for the and it was just it was a little bit confusing to me. I've been in Bulldogs for 20 years. I you know I know a lot of people in the in the business let's say or not in the business but in the hobby um and it's it, it's just good information to have and uh i think it's very it is and i'm glad I'm, and like i said i think to open uh the podcast i think that was one of the statements i made was how important it is not only the bulldogs but for every breed mm-hmm. to have specifics because um like i said every breed has their own um way things you know physiologically they're different their anatomy is different mm-hmm. um and they have different issues yep. so i think it's important for us as you know bulldog people to kind of get together and, and have a standardized type testing so we can come up with better dogs yeah um and i, and I think you know our breeders do that in, in in general i think we have a great group of people that really are very cognizant of breed issues and um are you know very ethical when it comes to that yeah. and um you know it, it's interesting when i get um uh x-rays from other veterinarians it's it's interesting some of the diagnosis that they make mm-hmm. on uh, and sometimes i'll use a veterinary uh, boarded radiologist you know to just to uh confirm certain things that i see or mm-hmm. uh some of the other vets that have made diagnosis uh, you know, in a bulldog, some of these things are actually normal. You know, like I said, you're going to see a bronchial pattern in the chest. Uh, you know, in other dogs, it just doesn't look the same. But bulldogs, they just have that. They tend to cough a little bit, mm-hmm. and they'll have a little bit more of what they call a bronchial pattern versus, um, you know, in the chest. Their vertebrae is a little bit different. So a lot of times, you know, veterinarians are, you know, classifying certain issues that they have that, aren't going to cause any ill effect to the dogs. And, and I guess the bottom line is, you know, we're seeing bulldogs now living a lot longer. My son's dog lived to 13 and a half. Um, I have a client whose bulldog is going to be 16 in a couple months. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, we're seeing these dogs, you know, um, you know, they're, they're living longer too. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, before when I first got, start getting into the um, bulldogs, 17 years ago, I was told, oh, you know, they lived to eight years old, and that's the average. Um, In my practice, I would love to pull up all the numbers, but I think ours are definitely 10 to 12. Yeah. So, you know, I think think as bulldog owners, breeders, and bulldog people, we are doing a, a, you know, our damn good job on taking care of our our breed. Yeah. So I'm very pro. Yeah. Cool dog that you can see. <laughs> I, I think a lot of it is just education, right? Like you're, the, the breeders. Oh are yeah, no edu- question about it. Yeah. Look, I, you know, I learn. I keep my, you know, um, nose in, in textbooks all the time. Things are changing on a daily basis. It would behoove me not to, you know, keep up to date with the newest things that are out there. Um, I anything bulldogs, I uh, kind of pull out of the. Uh, journals mm-hmm. and i have huge folders with all kind of things on bulldogs with uh, some of the things they get but the the key is putting it all together mm-hmm. with 
some of the other issues I have um, or that we see in bulldogs um, and knowing how to deal with them. You know, it's, it, you know, you see it individually or an individual process or disease, mm-hmm. but how do you put that all together in treatment? Right. And uh, some of the things, the other things that we're seeing that um, I believe is a huge factor in bulldogs, and it's something I would probably like to talk about in the future is um, is pulmonary hypertension. Okay. Uh, because of bulldog's anatomy, um, you know, my son's dog, you know, lived at 13 and a half, but the last year of his life had heart failure, but also had pulmonary hypertension. And the only way you're going to, and that's what they could, and people too, they call that the silent killer because, you know, it's really hard to diagnose unless you do an echocardiogram mm-hmm. and actually do, you know, pulmonary pressures, uh, which can be done with a, uh, echocardiogram. Okay. And, um, but that's the only way you're going to see it. Otherwise, you know, your dog's, you know, maybe when it's older, it's going to be breathing heavier and, um, you know, panting and, you know, the heart might be racing, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the mucous membranes may be, uh, cyanotic. Um, but you, you really, to treat that, you need a specific diagnosis of pulmonary hypertension. And I just don't see it that often in any breed, mm-hmm. but I believe bulldogs are more prone to it. And one of the schools, I did just pull a, a research article out. I got to find that. Um, and, and I think they were saying that it, they didn't realize that dogs were getting the same, it's a, um, it's a type of pulmonary hypertension that people get that's very serious that they did find it in some dog. And they didn't say which breed, but I have a feeling it's like French bulldogs and bulldogs that get it, and they can use that as a model to, you know, saving people's lives mm-hmm. uh, with that. So those are the kind of things that, uh, you know, you got to really look into what's going on out there, um, you know, new new developments in medicine and surgery, and hopefully we can keep extending the lives of our bulldogs even longer. Mm-hmm. So. It's exciting stuff, so I'll try to keep it, um, you know, lively and hopefully, uh, you know, bring up some new things. If any of the people that listen to the podcast have any questions or have anything that I can learn from, I love to, you know, hear it and listen to it and and certainly try to help out if, if they have questions uh, with it. If I don't know the, the answers, I will certainly find out for sure. Okay, awesome. Um, I might have some questions offline then with you about that software that you mentioned earlier that that other vet did. I'm a software guy, so um, I'm always interested in stuff like that. So that's how BullyNet came about. Um, yeah, I could send and, you actually a copy of what comes out of that. You know, it's it's in my you know I pay I think I paid a fair amount of money for it, but it was <laughs> really for maybe 150, 160 breeds of dogs. Okay, and it actually um, has tests recommendations. From the time a bulldog's four months old till you know old age, oh, wow. of what he recommends, mm-hmm. um, we haven't really been giving it out to too many clients as yet, only because um, it's, it looks a little scary with all the things that they recommend. Uh-huh. So it's the kind of thing that I can edit this, but I, I certainly would be willing to uh, you know send this to you or even any clients that want to take a look at it and um, you know. I, I just want to kind of review it yeah. to determine which things are really necessary and which aren't because you really go through everything. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, if I did this on all, all my clients, uh, it would be quite pricey. Yeah. 
yeah. to do this throughout the year. Yeah. And uh, uh, I just feel like you got to pick and choose what's going to really be, benefit the pet. Uh, um, you know, so many things he has done year after year. I just don't think it's necessary for that. But they, you know, certain tests to do mm-hmm. it every year like that. Right. But I, um, do I, I think I have. Do I have your um, address in my system? I'll send it to you. I'll email it to you after yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, or email it to me. Now I'll, I'll send you these. Okay. And uh, it'll be interesting for you to take a look at, and then um, any questions on it, certainly give me a call. But I'll, I'll send you all the information. Uh, on, on the bulldogs, I'm trying to think. It's, it's several pages long. Yeah, yeah. And it it talks about each of the things that you know the bulldogs have mm-hmm. issues that they have. So it's it's kind of neat. It's um, definitely would be helpful. Yeah, great, great. Well, we'll uh, we'll get back with another interview shortly uh, soon. And uh, uh, this has been great. So thank you very much for coming on and doing this with me. And uh, I'm sure we'll get a lot of great feedback. I know every time I do it, I I send it out to probably about 10,000 different people through email, uh, Facebook, and uh, different connections I have. And people just eat them up. And and some of the interviews were were very similar because there were other breeders and show people. This is the first one that's covering, you know, bulldog health stuff. I think is going to go through the roof for, like, we have a lot of pet owners that are on our, in our system. And so this stuff's going to really help. Oh, I, I get clients that come in all the time that talk about bullying it. So uh, awesome. you're, I know you're out there, that's for sure. Awesome. And if I can help, uh, you know, transseminate some uh, information to them, um, that'll be great. So, um, oh. yeah, and there, I think I got a, somewhere, I have a folder with all the different topics on bulldogs we can go for quite a while all right <laughs> so great well you have a okay, good night Dave. and uh okay you too thanks for coming on alan thank you for listening to the bulldog interviews on BullyNet with your host dave kaufman check out the show notes from this podcast at bullynet.com please leave a five-star review and your honest feedback on itunes